The Bloody Elbow Podcast Network is moving. That's right. We're moving from SoundCloud and YouTube to Substack. It will still be available through your current iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher subscriptions, but the main home of the Bloody Elbow Podcast Network will now be on Substack. While most of our audio content will remain free, we'll be asking listeners to please get a paid subscription to support the shows, which are now ad-free. Please give us your email and we'll send you notices and summaries of every new episode. Become a paid subscriber and get bonus segments only available to those who've pledged their support. Sign up at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com today. Bloody Elbow presents Care Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson, author of Fight, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass-Kicking But Were Afraid to Get Your Ass-Kicked for Asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack, and the Bad Boss Brief. I'm also joined by John Nash, host of the Show Money podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, owner and operator of the Hey Not the Face podcast, and Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. Today, we're looking ahead to UFC Vegas 72. But first, let's look back at how we did on last night's UFC Kansas City card. And Eugene, you came dangerously close to sweeping us. Sweeping uh, yeah, with a well, broom. Huh? Sweeping What's with that? the sweeping with the broom. I mean putting yep. us out the door. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry. Could you repeat that part about putting you out the door and sweeping you out of the room? Well, John, I, I don't know, if John. I don't know if John heard it. I, well, it's mostly John, but you know, yeah. you, you, you definitely got the broom out. Yeah, you know, but you know, that's the thing because I can count to five. You know, that's that's what I think. I can, see, I can count. I can I can count to five, Steph. Five. <laughs> you know that number five. Uh, I, 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 we, I, I'm glad you start out with my winning week this week, but I'd like to go back to last week with the number fives. Well, last... maybe Steph, maybe you should let people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh no, no, the listen, we. Uh, uh... I was getting to that. Just hold on. 
Hold on. <laughs> I was actually going to save that for the end since we're going to talk about this card. But since you brought it up, I'll go ahead and put it here because <laughs> it was going to be for bonus portion of the uh, of the um, episode. But I'll start uh, it here for you. Um, I already put this out on my Twitter, but Eugene and I had a spirited debate where we made a uh, and I quote Eugene a gentle person's agreement to take multiple looks at the footage of Izzy's finishing sequence of Alex Pereira last week. I said it was four punches. Eugene said it was five. Eugene was right. Now, I yeah. find, I it took me, get this, Eugene, it took me almost an entire day, like a whole 24 hours after we did the episode, to come by the video clip that you had seen. People kept sending me the same exact clip that I kept seeing, the one that the UFC initially put out. But I finally got the one where it showed the, the angle from the side of the cage. And you can clearly see that not only does it land, but it lands with some impact. I wish they had put yeah, that yeah, one yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that and, see, and, and see, I counted five just from watching the show. I didn't watch any later videos. I, I watched the show, you know. But, you know, I got the good hand-eye coordination. You do. You know, and, I, I, and, and I could count to five. So yeah. I, that's, yeah. that's a, pre a prerequisite for getting that one right. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm a dummy and I can't count, so... You know, but let's let's go back. Let's go back to how I how I destroyed it. No, let's let's go back. To UFC, let's go back to UFC 287. Who won that day? Who won the <laughs> UFC 287 picks? You I did. don't remember. I I don't remember that. But I, I'm talking about what we just did. I'm what just we just that, said. But, but a, I got the important pay per view. That's the that's the important. Congrats <laughs> <laughs> for you getting unimportant fight. Yeah. <laughs> <Go> funny. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a look at last night's card, which, again, you know, both weekends, we had a lot of underdogs winning their fights. So we're going to start at the top with Max Holloway defeating Arnold Allen. Now, this was a mm. great performance by both men, because normally something happens with Max Holloway's fights when he beats someone. Normally, he blows them out of the water. When Max wins, it's typically not very close. But this fight, I, I had it 48-47 for Holloway. I thought Allen won rounds two and round five. Clearly. Um, I didn't have any problem with the scoring. I was a little off on the 49-46, but I can absolutely see how someone would give round two to Max Holloway. I personally had it 48-47. Where I had the problem was with commentary acting like Alan wasn't phasing Max. He was, mm -hmm. especially in that fifth round. And his his punches looked a little more impactful. Now, I realized that his face was wearing a lot of damage that Max was putting on him. But also, if you watch his other fights, he bleeds a lot. So I'm looking at his face and I'm thinking that maybe he's one of those guys that's easily cut. Nick, mm. Nick Diaz is one. Nate Diaz was one. I mean, Nick Diaz had to have surgery to shave down all the scar damage on his eyebrows where they kept opening up because he's a bleeder. And it looks to me like Arnold Allen is too. I am not trying to imply that he was winning this fight. He was not. But he had he had a much better time in there than most guys that get beat up by Max Holloway. Mm -hmm. Eugene. 
Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I thought it was an interesting, interesting emotional tone and timbre uh, of his performance. I, I, I it was kind of like, um, I, 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 it was the maturation of, of kind of Holloway, where it, it seemed to me very much like he was like, I've been jobbed in here before. You know what? This is my yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not to kill myself. I beat this guy just enough, and I get the hell out of get my check and go home. It, it felt. It felt very. Uh, I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Workmanlike, and I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. Like it was lacking in excitement. You know, I mean, he was still slipping stuff that made it like made him, made his performance matrix-like. You know, uh, I mean. It, his his peripheral vision and being able to to duck under or to slip out of the way of some Arnold's uh, you know impactful shots was 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 pretty noticeable noteworthy and praiseworthy but um, it just seemed to be you know it's like uh, when the guy's not on the mountaintop and has been there and has strong questions about whether or not he should not be on the mountaintop given what I know happens to champions at the oopsie from guys I've talked to before, how it's like having the worst girlfriend in the world. I think he's just happy to, you know, he's, uh, I'm going to work, get my check, go with my kids, my family, go home. I don't think, you know, I think it was important for him to beat Alan, but I don't, it didn't seem like, you know, at the end he's holding up Alan's hand too. And, you know, it's it, it, like I said, workmanlike is what it felt like. So, and, and, and I, you know, I credit or alternatively blame the oopsie for that. All right. John. I don't know about blaming it, but I, I, I was actually impressed with the Holloway's performance because it reminded me, it started out, he was kind of lighting up Arnold. You know, he was throwing a lot of combinations, just, you know, out striking him six, seven, eight to one in the, like the first round, even part of the second round. Uh, just, you know, just multiple combinations. But you could see Arnold was starting to time him and, and really connecting, right? Mm-hmm. And then what does Holloway do? I think the Holloway that fought just a few fights ago against Yara Rodriguez would have just kept on, you know, kept the pace going to keep an exciting fight. I give credit to Holloway. He, he took a pedal off the, the you know the gas, stepped back and started pot shotting him. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't leave himself open to get a big co- connection on him and just picked him apart more. So I thought that was smart of Holloway because it gave him the win and it gave him without as much, you know, he got hit a lot still because it's all, it's a Holloway fight. There's a lot of strikes, but not the CTE that you would have seen the, the type of strikes he would have yes. got against Rodriguez. So yeah. I was, I was pleasantly surprised by that performance. He didn't, he didn't put himself at, you know, he, he came out guns blazing like he does, but he's like, okay, this guy's starting to get a, a sense of me. He's starting to threaten me. I'm going to lay off and just use my ability, my range, and he won. Good for him. That was nice to see, even though it wasn't as exciting as like some previous, you know, Holloway fights. And and uh, I, I give Arnold a lot of credit too. He didn't. He did not. He was not Calvin Cater getting just the crap beat out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was important to be. Yeah. So. <laughs> Pretty much, that was probably the one thing he took from his camp. Do not be Calvin Cater. Yeah, you know so. that that's that's something that um, that's funny because when Victor and I were breaking this fight down on Thursday. Victor mentioned, you know, you got to look at Calvin Cater. No, we don't because <laughs> neither one of these guys is Calvin Cater. Um, yeah. I, I will say this. I agree with everything you said all the way to the fifth round. And then I have to disagree with you, John, because Holloway didn't do 
uh, any of the, the things you said in the fifth round. He oh, let yeah. Holloway, the, the, I mean, he, it on. Yeah, yeah, he, he let Allen run off with it. So, yeah. yeah. He pulled a Sergio Martinez against uh, mm-hmm. uh, Julius Cesar Chavez Jr. When he, uh, remember that, that yeah, fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He almost got knocked out in that fight when he when he's beating the crap out of him the whole fight. And then he tried to make it exciting at the end. And like, oh, that was a mistake. Yeah. yeah. So um, I just wish that the commentary team had recognized the impact Allen's punches we're having so all right we're gonna get to the co-main event and this is the first crapping in a cake and eugene's gotta <laughs> love it because it was an old man crapping in the cake it was a sensational <laughs> sensational flying knee knockout but or was it flying knee? no it wasn't flying knee. it was just a straight up knee but the other thing is that as sensational as it was it wasn't even the best. I mean, if you go back in your memory palace, go back to 2012 to what Edson Barbosa did to Terry Adam. That was yeah. the pinnacle. And this one with Billy Quarantilla was amazing. But you can't even put it up there at the top of Edson Barbosa knockouts because he has better ones. <laughs> and this one was sensational. John, I'm going to start with you. I started with Eugene last time. So weigh in on Billy Q and Edson Barbosa. Well, who, well, hold on. Well, which well, one well. of you picked? Which one of you picked Billy Q? Yeah, well, all three I, of us did. How about that? I did. You did. Oh, we all God. See, the, the mistake. God. The mistake I made. The mistake I made was I forgot the knees were allowed in in MMA. That's a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, I was impressed. I was impressed with that. Uh, uh, but I got to say this. Uh, I totally had flashbacks to Yoakam uh, uh, Hansen versus Cal Uno. That that mm-hmm. that. It was more of a you know walking forward knee, yeah. but almost identical the type of knee, and they just they both just dropped their opponent. So uh, that was the, the big takeaway. But Edson Barbosa, I was I was just I was impressed even before that though because I thought Billy would give him a lot more trouble in the clinch and stuff, and it didn't. Uh, I don't know what I was. Saying. I honestly, in hindsight, now it's obvious it was the wrong pick. So mm-hmm. I I blame my me being sick. My mind was out of it. So and and Eugene, for the record, before I even said who his opponent was you just immediately busted out oh billy q yep that's me right there i mean you were all over Uh, it you know what i I really enjoyed this fight because i swore to god that i had picked barbosa no you actually sat there when i said man i can't trust barbosa anymore you were like he's dick terror i mean you went all in on billy q it's amazing the way you forget things well, but you know what? I don't forget. I don't forget the number five. That I don't forget. It was like three wins in his previous 10 fights. I mean, he was not, you know, he was not on a, a, a no, he was not getting performances where you thought it just was not confident. That guy was anywhere what it used to be. So and if, yeah. you watch, yeah. if you watch this fight, you can see that it was specifically designed the the sequence was designed just for him being a veteran i mean the way billy q came at i mean it was just insane he he fought the kind of fight that was just perfect for edson barbosa to to just go in there and win i don't know and 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 what i i I, the way that it, what happened to him post knockout? My heart started to go out to Billy Q because that's when I got knocked out in my first MMA match. I was doing a lot of that. Like what? Well, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm not. What are you stopping for? I, 
ah, I tripped, <laughs> you know. What and he you did after, to, you, you have to, Go, well, huh? what he did after was pretty funny too. He went on Twitter and he goes, damn, so that's what it's like to be knocked up on TV. <laughs> And, then, and, he, and he laughed about it. Yeah. You know, he thought it was funny. You know, I, I thought that was great. But then some radio host, some asshole dude went out and and um, grabbed the clip and put somebody get this dude some GPS. And I thought that was kind of fucked up. So everybody out there is all, yeah, all yeah. going in on this radio host now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. All right. So. We didn't pick this fight, but it turned out to be a pretty good fight, actually. Azamat Mirzakhanov defeating Dustin Jacoby. You know what? Mirzakhanov was pretty exciting in there until he gassed himself out in the third. But those first two rounds, he was sparking Dustin Jacoby right and left. I mean, there was a lot of knockdowns in that fight. Yeah, I was looking at that fight, and I was like... Yo, what is he was already in the UFC, had been kicked out, and they let him back in. And this is his skill set. It's like, ah, nah, nah. look, if that guy walks up to me in a bar and says, I fight, I've, you know, I'm a UFC fighter, I believe it. But if I see him turning performances like he turned in, I think I start to think, man, I should be in the UFC. And that's not a thought that any 60 year old man should healthily have. Come on. I don't know. He was, that was terrible. It's terrible. All right. There you have it. It was terrible. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, because I'm, I'm you, I mean, these things are like ragas or like pieces of music, you know, symphonic pieces. So, like, I'm cruising along, I'm enjoying the fight, and then I get to the speed bump of that fight. And I was like, come on, come on. You know? Well, he's got a very, very good record. Um, he's on a two-fight losing streak, but before that, he he had like eight or nine fights in a row wins. So <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, I mean, his last two losses were to Khalil Roundtree and to Azmat Mirzakhanov. Now, Mirzakhanov turned in a pretty solid performance. I was not expecting that fight to be pretty good. It was. It was pretty daggum good. Mm. Um, okay. Tom, you wanna you wanna weigh in on this? Well, I I don't know. I mean, they they both have pretty decent records, and and uh, Mirzakhanov, I think, is is he undefeated or? Yeah, I believe he's so undefeated. He, yeah, so but but I still looking at it. I I, did, I looked at both of them and think I, these guys do not look like they're the top of the should be at the top of the light heavyweight. Yeah, division, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and I was. And I also, I can, whenever someone's got cup marks all over their body, mm. some bogus <laughs> yeah, yeah. science, you know, <laughs> it's very, dist- and I also have no confidence in that person. And even though he won, I'm like, still, that's a, those, those cup marks are just like, Jesus, great. He's doing, you know, heat cups or whatever yeah. that, oh boy. So it, yeah, this fight, I was kind of, mo- mo- mox a, mo- mox a bustion. Mox a what? I think it's called mox a bustion. Oh, mox a bustion. I don't know. I I made a comment last night. Is there like an official cup specialist in the UFC? Because I notice a lot of these guys and gals get that cup therapy right before a fight. So that means they're getting this done during fight week. Where are they getting it done? Are they bringing their own people? How does that work? I I, I just how, I don't how know. I cash, he, he's just, he, 
How do we cash yeah. in on the scam? Exactly. That's what I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to become a cup therapist. Lay down here and let me put hey, listen, hot I, I, cups look, on your back. Yeah. I mean, look, they, they, they did cups on me and I was fine. I don't know that I'm going to call it snake oil, but but it's kind of snake oily. <laughs> it seems that way to me. I mean, what is the point of increasing yeah. the circulation just on surface area like that? What is it doing? I don't know, uh, but I don't know what my what my normal doctor does. So what do I know? <laughs> well, it's called science. They actually have white papers and research studies and uh, you know proven science. I don't, I, I, I don't know that. <laughs> my my doctor seems to use Google a lot. <laughs> oh, well, that's your doctor. How about that? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get to Ewan Kutalaba defeating Tanner Bozer. Um, you know what? <laughs> I was I was looking at this fight and I was thinking to myself, you know what? Ewan Kutalaba will probably shit the bed like he always does. And he didn't this time because what did we say last week, Eugene? We didn't pick this fight, but we did say one thing about Ewan. He's got power when he wants it. Yep. Well, this is a prime definition of a gift. Gift is not always a bad thing. I was pretty happy that he won. Yeah, you me know, too. I didn't trust that. I didn't. I didn't trust that he was going to win. Nope. But I was happy that he won. Yep. I One like of the that. reasons I was happy that he won is be, is because I thought that Bo, I've never been on that Tanner Bozer. I, I, I thought he was an over, over, slightly overrated. So it was nice for me to see. You know. I'm back, baby. Okay. Okay. It was, I was like smiling from beginning to end. So yeah, I was happy. What would you have done if he'd made the the little sign around his waist? Like he was going for it. (laughs) I'd have been, I'd have been so happy that was, as it is, I only saw that once during the whole night, but it, and, and it was deserved when I saw it, but, but it was, uh, it would have made me so happy. You, you don't even know. <laughs> it, it would, the only way it would have made me happier is if he had got those fake Hulk hands and then did it with the fake Hulk hands on, you know? John, what'd you think of Ewan knocking out uh, Tanner Bozer? I mean, that was entertaining, but this was, what a what a poor fight to put on a TV show. You know that programming? It's And that's where I got to give UFC credit, because they had a promo before this, and they built it up like the the dangerous veteran, Ian Kutalabra, versus this, this guy that switched to light heavyweight. He's a rising prospect now. And I'm thinking, like, Tanner Bozer's like four and four in the prelims against, you know, middling opponents in the UFC at heavyweight. And Kutalabra's two wins in his last ten fights. And they're selling them. And that's why I give UFC a lot of credit because people act like this is an important fight. This really decides some. This is this is such a low grade fight. You know, such this should be in a dark card somewhere. And yet this is smack dab in the middle of a main card on ESPN Plus. So um, I'm amazed. I was that's the part I was more amazed. But it was it was strangely entertaining too at the same time. I mean, low level fighters put up in, in entertaining fights too. So to your point. well. To your point, real quick, Eugene, then I'll I'll give it back to you. I was absolutely amazed to hear commentary say that Dustin Jacoby was being pursued by the top of the division. Pursuit. Okay? They they turned that pursuit. And that Azamat Mirzakhanov had been after him for a while. Number one, I would like to know which fighters at 205 are pursuing <laughs> Dustin Jacoby. Which fighters at 205 have uttered Dustin Jacoby's name? 
further, <laughs> when has Azamat Mirzakhanov chased him anywhere and uttered his name? It's never. No other fighter has ever mentioned Dustin Jacoby's name that was not his I would teammate. Like to do a poll of fighters. I'd like to do a poll of fighters like heavyweight division and see if they know who he is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. outside of his own camp and his own teammates, no other fighter speaks his name. No. And I don't even think that's a guarantee. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey, what's what's do? Hey, dude, what what's his name? Hey, buddy, <laughs> you know, come on, <laughs> buddy. Yeah. Oh goodness! All right, we're gonna get to another crapping in the cake. Now we all three pick Chris Gutierrez, and and we write. Oh, did we? We did. Ah, I gotta blame you guys. I should have listened to you. Um, actually, he should have. You know, he went in this on an eight fight streak. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. You know, and Pedro Munoz has looked not bad, but he looks like he wasn't really in it. You know what I mean? Mentally in it, yeah. like he didn't want to be there. But holy shit, he looked like he wanted to be there last night. It's been a long time since I watched a Pedro Munoz fight and thought to myself, "Wow, he is going for it, like seriously yeah. going for it." So yeah. I actually liked the fight. I thought Pedro. Uh, you know, we picked Chris, but man, Pedro turned in a good performance. Yeah, it was solid. It w- it was good to see. And once again, this is what the tricks of your mind plays. I once again, I was like thinking, good thing I picked Munoz. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought. I mean, I didn't pick Munoz because I thought it, I thought age had caught up with him. He's a, he's pretty old for yes. mm-hmm. yes. And and Goodyear's young and on the street. But now in hindsight, you think about it, Pedro. Even though he's he has been winning a lot lately, the guys he's been losing at were at the very peak mm-hmm. of the division at the time he fought him. So it's yeah. it, I should have still considered that like. You know what? The guy still probably has a lot. He's probably still a step or two ahead of most of the division. So, Also, you know, you skipped a very important fight that I know you didn't mean to because you skipped picking Roy Val versus Mikulak. I know. I know. I, I, I was thinking about that. I didn't know he was fighting week. yesterday. We had mentioned it last week, and I had thought to go back to you to ask if you wanted to pick that fight, but then some things happened, and so I just left it alone. But in any event... Um, I'm kicking myself because you know I would have picked Roy Val. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, who, who did I pick? You picked Roy Val. Actually, John oh, yeah, wouldn't have funny. picked Roy Val. He would have picked Nicolau because Nicolau would have been traditionally who he would have picked because he has picked Nicolau in the past. And he no, has I picked, never... but I've always picked Roy Val. I'm a, no, I'm a big Roy Val fan. No, I... uh, don't make me go in this little book. Don't you? Because do. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will John, go back John, in this book John. and tell you who you picked. Yeah, yeah. Dude, look, you go through it. I've, I'm a, I'm a Roy Val fan. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So we're gonna move on to Hoffa Garcia defeating Clay Guida. Now our buddy Knuckles Freeman made a comment last night, and me and Eugene both had to laugh at it. But he said Clay Guida was in there having fun, and it was good to see. You know what was not good for me to see Clay Guida having fun in there because he was not <laughs> having fun. He was. Getting Getting, he was being used as the end of the yeah. mop in there, yeah. okay? That's what yeah. he was. He was the end, the fluffy part of the mop that's getting pushed around on the fucking floor. Yeah. That's what yeah. Clay Guida yeah. was in there. And you know who yeah. was pushing the mop? 
<laughs> Hoffa Garcia, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was this. Yeah. This again, I got to give credit to the UFC marketing because I saw on Twitter a bunch of people. Now I imagine they're newer fans or whatever, but whatever, just UFC fans only. They're like, oh, Clay, it's always great to see a Clay Guida fight. It I'm is like, not. Who says that? Who <laughs> no. says that? No one. Yeah. People, people haven't said that since the Roger Huerta fight. Come on, what are you talking? Yeah. About? Oh, Dark Star. I was just trying to remember that guy's name. I was like. Hey, what was that handsome guy who got kicked out and his teacher took him in and then he beat the guy up in the parking lot and then yeah. and then he did Roger Huerta. Wow. <laughs> but back, you gotta go back to that era of Clay Guida where against Diego Sanchez and uh Marcus Aurelio, those guys you're like, oh, that was fun to watch. And it's like 20 fights ago. It hasn't been fun for 20 fights. Yeah. yeah. Well, and of course he had a little bit of controversy, which <laughs> what controversy? Anything, anything that pisses off the bald one makes me happy. So oh yeah. I, Last was, night when so, he tra- faked yeah. his retirement. <laughs> yeah. He, he's going to have to pay for that, but that was still a good one. So. All right. So next up, this fight was really fun. Bill Algeo, TJ Brown. <laughs> what a yeah, fight, right? Man, they went for broke. And it was a nice rear naked choke, too. Good setup and everything. TJ Brown went in there with all this hype behind him. Bill Algeo has had a little bit of a shaky record. You know, TJ Brown has a shaky record, too. So this was like any man fight. But, man, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Hey, didn't I pick uh, 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 Algeo? No, we didn't pick this. We didn't pick this uh, fight at all. I, I could have sworn I picked Al No, we but... passed on it because of their records. Because you know, Bill Algeo yeah, yeah. was uh, seventeen or, or no, sixteen and seven going into this, and TJ mm-hmm. Brown was um, seventeen and nine. So I mean, the, these guys were very middle of the road. Yeah, it was well, a fight of course, that you he would not have. And made, yeah, it made made himself a care for, for me with his speech. Yeah, <laughs> John, what did you think of this one? I didn't see the prelims. I I watched the Zhang Joyce boxing and then oh, I yeah. took a break for a while for the main card. I saw the results of that. My God, they were pretty beat up after. No, it was it, yeah. was, a, it was a very entertaining fight actually. People people missed it. It was uh, Zhang's a lot better, I think, than people because he's Chinese. I don't think people suspect him of being a good heavyweight, but he's actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I plan on going back and watching that one today. All right, mm. uh, Brandon Royval defeating Mateus Nicolau really my guy, quickly. my guy Royval <laughs> really quickly. You know, I had so much problem and i mentioned this to eugene last week i had a very big problem with them burying this in the prelims they didn't even make it the fucking featured prelim and listen royval was ranked number four going into this and nicolau was ranked number five okay we have two top five flyweights that put out both of them always put out bangers Yep. So we yep. have well, that. well, that's why he addressed it in the in the. He's like, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not doing, I'm not doing any early prelim anymore. That's ridiculous. I shouldn't be there. And I thought he had a good point. I mean, they put Kudalaba Bozer instead of that fight on the yeah, main card. Yeah. Jesus. Yep. 
So anyways, uh, John, did you at least catch a, like a clip of this or anything? No, I, I didn't even see a clip. I was, I am, that is, that's almost criminal to put that. That's such a quality fight. Then you have, mm-hmm. like you just said, those crap fights on the main card. Mm-hmm. And yet you have this top notch. I, that's why I missed it because I just, I scanned through the, you know, I looked like, okay, I'm going to watch the main card probably. And I'm like, I didn't know this was uh, buried on the pre, who buries this type of fight on the prelims? I know. I know. Um, we get to sort of a feel-good moment. And the feel-good moment wasn't all this emotional crap in the ring. The feel-good moment for me was two old dudes retiring. Both of them. The winner oh, and the man. loser. And that's Ed Herman and Zach Cummings. Okay, you could have knocked my ass over with a feather when Zach Cummings came in at 205 pounds and looked like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. I was yep. not expecting that. This is a guy that started his career at welterweight. Yep, and he yep. went in there. You know, Ed Herman started his career, I believe, at middleweight. And he's always been there until he got older. And then he said, you know what? I, I can't make this cut anymore. I'll go to 205. But he always looks fairly fit. But mm-hmm. Zach Cummings looked like a guy that just got fat and got up off the couch and had a fight. I will credit him with something, though. He still got some heat in them hands. How many mm-hmm. times did I mean, I believe they set a record for how many times he knocked down Ed Herman. Yeah. Yeah, I, I lost it in this fight. <laughs> I, I was I was totally cool. Like I was like jaundiced, like ah yeah, whatever, whatever. These old guys should have been there. Ah, he's retiring. You know who? You know it's funny to retire when nobody gives a shit that you were there in the first place. Go ahead and retire. Ah, the guy's getting choked up. I'm like ah yeah, fuck your choked up thing. And then his daughter comes in, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. And then fucking Eugene sobbing. That's it. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. He said, my little girl told me, daddy, I want you to fight. You liar. Your little girl did not tell you that. Okay. No little girl. Well, maybe his little girl doesn't like him. No. (laughs) The the point I'm making is, is the little girl looks like she's four, maybe five. Do you honestly think a four or five-year-old is going to actually watch fights enough to say to her father, I want you to go out there and get beat up for me again or anything? fight related no little girl wants to watch her her father engaged in common and and combat like that no little girl i will my never... gr- my kids did at and they four? were shocked when i they were shocked when i lost at four <laughs> at four come on your little girl yes yeah, yeah 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 yeah. I, I i thought it was you know this is what we do so you know come on half, half moon half moon bay jiu-jitsu tournament you know yeah but that's different that's yeah, different yeah. than getting, you know, your clock clean and yes, things like yes. that. That's yeah, a different yeah, yeah, yeah. scenario. Yeah, yeah. I will never yeah. forget when Mark, um, Mark oh, Coleman's daughters talk about. came out and they yeah. were traumatized. They were in there and they were yeah. sobbing because that they was had terrible. just watched their dad <laughs> get pulverized by Fedor. And I think yeah. that those little girls never said, Daddy, I want you to go out there and fight. Just like that little tiny girl that uh, Zach hoisted up on his, on his shoulder. There is no way that little girl looked at her dad after that and so, after any fight and said, Daddy, I need you to go back out there and fight because I don't want you to retire. They don't even understand. 
I just mm. don't believe the that. The best part of the, the Mark Coleman fader one was Coleman had to get fader to come over and talk to his kids to calm him down. That un- poor, uncomfortable fader's <laughs> like, oh, is he, we're, we're friends. It's Everything's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the best part, just how uncomfortable. Like, oh, crap, I got to calm down the children. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. So was, I laughed. I can't. I'm sorry. I laughed a lot when I I'm saw sorry. that. Yeah. That's just Yeah, because you know, it's like not, not in his temperament either. Like, yeah. Like, oh, oh, he's, he's, and he's not the type of guy you think is good at putting keeping children calm. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Do you remember the fight with Mark Hunt where Mark Hunt had that arm bar on him for a little bit and he, he escapes yeah. it and then he ends up submitting Mark Hunt? I mean, I, I look at that like basically he ripped his arm off and beat him with it. Can you imagine yeah. if that had been <laughs> Mark if I Hunt's right, kids? I mean, yeah, what would yeah. Fedor have done? He well, here's your dad's arm back. <laughs> if I remember right, Honda had him an Americana and he flipped it into a Kimura, didn't he? Yes. Is that, yeah, yes. So that was that was that was when Fedor was magical. He, everything he did touched. He right. somehow made everything work. But uh, yeah. but this fight, man. Uh, first of all, I, I I'm amazed they bring Cummings hasn't fought in like three years. They bring him back, and I I was thinking when I first remembered these guys, I first saw Zach Cummings on the one of the first Strike Force Challenger cards with mm. Tim Kennedy. Yep, that's, that's what I remember. Right. That's, yep, it's like that must have been 2009. So we're talking about 14 years ago, and and Ed Herman, he premiered on the Ultimate Fighter. He was in the I saw him in the final. I think it was the Shamrock Tito Ortiz season, like the third. So 2006. So these dudes have been around. Way, they should read this. This retirement is several years behind schedule. Yeah, I guess I guess they're blaming pandemic for you know yeah, slowing yeah, down it, but yeah, yeah. but Jesus, I just I, I mean, good for them. I mean, in a weird way, it's good that they're retired because now we know they won't book them anymore. Well, Herman has been kind of a fixture, not so much Cummings, but Herman's oh, yeah. been getting fights all every single year, sometimes multiple times. I mean, I believe this is like Herman's third time in like a year and a half fighting. So, I mean, they're giving him definite placement, um, but I'm just glad that they both retired because they're probably eating up a significant paycheck with the amount of time that they've been in. Those those are paychecks that these younger fighters can can gobble up, you know? Yeah, and not just the pay, it's also the spot. That people, I mean, the one thing with UFC is limited card space. They they have a limited number of spots. They only do 42 shows a year, 13 fights basically a show. So if if you have really old guys that are way over mm-hmm. the hill taking those spots, those are spots that guys that, that are trying to get in the UFC will never get a chance to get in the UFC now. Yeah, and I was wrong. What it is is it's been three fights that were scheduled over like the past 18 months or so, but one of them was canceled, the Maxime Grishin fight. So that's uh, it's been two fights over the past like 20 months. So let's get to Jillian Robertson defeating Piera Rodriguez. Now, I picked Rodriguez. She was on quite a run she was uh nine and oh when she came into this fight jillian robertson was 11 and seven and uh a little bit of a question mark but you know what jillian has finally settled down into her game and she has been looking so sharp lately and eugene you've been on her bandwagon for a while we didn't pick this because we wanted to see what would happen what the outcome would be but man I am definitely in the absolutely care about Jillian Robertson camp. Yep. Yeah. Her, 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 her head seemed in the right place. Yep. It was, there was nothing to hate about it. And I liked, you know, it just, she's a grappler. 
you know, and that's that's how that fight's gonna go. And I, I, there was not there were not many answers. And I mean, yeah, when I say grappler, I mean like somebody who, yeah, you know, not not a strict Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like kind of mixed up luta livre catch wrestling. You know, none of this, uh, you know, submission before position. Um, I don't know. I, I I was I was pretty happy with her, and I. Mm-hmm. I I'm tentatively predicting a change in her fortunes uh, beginning now. And she's been on the, she has been active, like super active on the grappling circuit the entire time. She has beaten Pearl Gonzalez in grappling. She has beaten Caitlin Chukagian in grappling, Chrissy Biggs. And right before this fight, she beat Rose Namajunas in grappling at Fury Pro. I mean, she is all over the grappling circuit constantly and she only loses to the top tier girls liz tracy raquel canuto those type people but man she she really really boy i'm i'm impressed and and she's on a three fight win streak well two fights excuse me two fight and then a grappling as well but she beat this top seed, Piera Rodriguez, and she beat Mariah Agapova, who, you know, yep. in that fight, she was the big, big underdog. So, yep. John, I, anything on this? Or you, I know you didn't I, get to see, but you might have heard. No, nothing. No, nothing about it. Saw nothing about it. So, All right. Uh, Professionalism then- in action. <laughs> Uh, Lando Venata t- took uh, a uh, loss man. to Daniel Zaluber, but you know what? He didn't look so bad in there. I would yeah. like to see him right off into the sunset, but he put up a good damn fight against a young lion, pretty much. I mean, that guy, uh, Daniel Zaluber, is really good. Yep. So yep. that was that was a decent performance from the older guy. Yeah. Um, I am an immediately caring about Denise Gomez who beat the crap out of Bruna Brazil when she Denise was a big underdog going into that fight and she beat the brakes off of Bruna Brazil yeah Uh, your boy Gaston Bolaños is a definite care (laughs) he beat up Aaron Phillips every minute of that that fight he beat him up and he I wasn't expecting him to look that good yeah, he's he, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Fitzgerald, uh, his coach, those guys. It's uh, CSA. They're they're uh, they're they're killers. Yeah, they're killers. He's a mean guy too, in actual fact. And the funny thing is, he used to train at Fairtex when I was there with when I first started there with Sorrell. And so he was a kid then. So we're talking now, you know, two thousand and ten. And I mean, he literally is like this generation of. Yeah, you know, like after school, right over to the gym, you know. So he's been doing this a long time, and uh, he he's a mean guy and super talented. So, and he used to date Demi Lovato. We cannot forget he has that golden <laughs> touch. He didn't mention that to me when I did the piece on him. I wish he would have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I went back and I looked through all of his pictures and her pictures. I mean, there is a lot of stuff. She went to many Bellators. I could not get over it when I started going back through last week after we had talked about it. Yeah, I, I don't know how they met either. So I that's don't, oh, because story. she was want she was wanting to get some some jujitsu training in because she fell in love with all of the martial arts. Because before right. she dated him, she dated Luke Rockhold. 
She That's likes right. Yeah, I remember she was yeah. a blue belt. That's what I remember. So. so, all right, we get to the opening bout. I was n- not a happy camper with this fight. Yeah. I picked Jocelyn Edwards to win on our bloody elbow picks. And she okay. did win. But I'm telling you, Luchi Pudilova won that fight. I mean, I don't like to use the word robbery. But in this instance, Luchi Pudilova got robbed. And I picked Edwards. But Edwards didn't win that fight fucking fight hey, whoa whoa you, the salty language what i is, know this? that's i am this is this, a... i am putting my foot in, <laughs> on the ground i'm drawing my line in the sand just like <laughs> Edwards, and it was smart you know how we always used to bitch about how the the red corner would put the blue gloves on him, and it was very confusing. Mm-hmm. Jocelyn Edwards was so smart; she dyed her hair, her her everything on her was red. So, I mean, I'm wondering if that that visual help along help the judges to say, "Oh, red corner wins." You know, because mm-hmm. Jocelyn Edwards did not win, but she was wearing all red. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I, now, I, this is a fight. I missed this fight. I, didn't, I was still training. You know what? You um, will be so angry if you go back and watch this. And okay, then watch, I will. Watch the result. You're going to be pissed off. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Who are the judges? Um, Let me see if I can find that in, in this fight. I'll have to look that up over on UFC mm. stats. But mm-hmm. um, I'll do that afterwards. Right now, I need something from you because we're getting ready to break down UFC Vegas 72. So, crybabies, bedwetters, greedy, bed, gred, greedy, greedy red gobblers, work shy <laughs> individuals, malingerers, fault finders. Uh, this has less to do with your skills and talents as a fighter, much more to do with the marketing you have to wait put behind you by the overlords, the now no longer failed IPO folks at Endeavor and or the Baldwin and the UFC. If you don't like being on the don't care side of the equation, the solution is simple. Fight an exciting fight. Until then, don't come crying to us, bedwetters. All right. So this card is at the Apex Center. It is 13 bouts. So they didn't try to super front load in case fights fall off the card. So if fights fall off this card, it's looking like we'll end up with a short night. We'll see how that goes. But we start off at the bottom with a bantamweight bout. Dana Baccarell versus Brady Highstand. I'm a big fan of Baccarell, but he's fighting Brady Highstand, and I haven't seen enough of Brady Highstand to care, so I'm not going to care. It's a story of a lovely lady. <laughs> Sorry. No, I don't care. <laughs> John? Oh, no. Move on. All right. Next up, Priscilla Cachuera versus Karini Silva. I love Karini Silva, I said I was going to care about her. I do care about her. I am picking her because she is exciting. And yep, I care. Karini Silva for me. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm no not problem. In there. Yeah, it's close. I mean, I, I do. It's close to being a care for me, but no. All righty. Next up at featherweight, Francis Marshall versus William Gomez. I do not care. Nope. No. No. All right. Next up, Muhammad Usman versus Junior Tafa. I care about this simply because of Usman, because, you know, name value matters in this particular match. This is his second bout in the UFC, I believe. And um, 
while he struggled a bit in his last fight, he ended up <laughs> yeah. getting the win with that left hook in the second round, defeating Zach Pauga. He has power. I mean, he's still very raw, but I'm interested in seeing his progression. And that interest is enough for me to give a care. I am going to care about Usman. Anybody else? Uh, call me. Oh, when the, you're gonna, when, oh, you're going <clears> to <throat> care about him and pick him? Yeah. Okay, I'm, just to make it fun, I'll pick Tafa. Okay. Someone call me when Fight Matrix rakes one of these guys in the top 100. <laughs> no problem. It's not. Yeah, but that's the thing. It that's not the only criteria though. Some of the criteria here is interest and excitement and. Sure, but this is a low level. This is a this is so unrelevant for me. Even I don't even I don't have much faith in the prospect of, of either of them. So. That's Especially right. Tapa's been around. Me and, but he, me and uh, Eugene will have all the fun for you. It's you can okay. have the fun. I'll, I'll be sleeping. <laughs> I'll be taking a nap. All right. Mm-hmm. Next up, Carl Rosa versus Norma Dumont at featherweight. You know what? I have to care about this because it matters. As long as they keep women's featherweight around, there are ranked women. And I would imagine Norma Dumont sits somewhere near the very top. Carl Rosa is actually a pretty decent striker, too. This is actually going to be an interesting fight. I'm going to, hmm, how do I want to do, I'm going to take Norma Dumont. She hasn't well, looked too bad in her last few fights. I'm a, yeah, I'm a big Norma Dumont fan. Yeah. So there you <laughs> Mostly go. Mostly because her name sounds like a 1940s actress, <laughs> and I love uh, that's my one of my favorite film periods. So I, I'm picking Norma Dumont. All You're right. thinking Norma Desmond from us. Uh, exactly. Yeah, so that, say, that's yeah, why yeah. I, I same thing. We said yeah. every time her name comes up, I I almost choose her because of that reason uh, only. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. But I I mean, okay, it's a wasteland at 145 it women's is. right now because there's no but. I do care enough about this that it's it's relevant. It, even if they're both in the top ten, so it, it's like the you got to be really high to be relevant in that. So that's high enough. But I'm going to make it easy uh, to make it entertaining. I'm going to take Carol Rosa because I believe she beat one of my old other favorites, Lena Landsberg, last time, right? Yep. So okay, just for that reason, I'll make it interesting and take her. And let's see here. She's going to be at a significant size disadvantage, I believe. Let me go back and look at Dumont real quick. She looks so much smaller. Uh, yeah, she's going to be much. Dumont is going to eat her alive. Wow. Uh, Dumont is a don't, big don't, girl. Don't, don't mess with my pick. Don't ruin my, my confidence right That's now. That's all right. Me and Eugene will be happy to take the victory lap next week. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't roach his buzz. <laughs> All right, Eugene. Boy, oh yes. boy, do I have a dark star name for you right here. Oh, okay. Ronnie fucking Yaya is taking Whoa! on Martel Jackson. Okay, that's where, yeah. And I'm going to tell you something else. Would you believe Ronnie Yaya still is only 38 and he's been at this 20 years? That's kind of hard to believe. And but you know what? This I, is this is uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm this, taking Yaya. I'm, he always craps in everybody's cake and he fights so infrequently. There's not this huge amount of wear and tear. Literally his entire run in the UFC has been like a fight here and a fight there. I mean, I'm looking at his record and I don't have to scroll very far to go as a matter of fact, I don't have to scroll at all to go all the way back to 215 to 2015 i don't have to scroll 
That's how mm. how few fights mm. he has in that time. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, so are we are we gonna care? Are we not gonna care? I'm caring because he's mm. first of all, he has won his last two fights. He's only lost one fight in his last one two in his last seven fights, he's only lost once. Or that's six, excuse me. He's only lost. So where's one so where's he been? They they just never fight him because they're not the most interesting fights all the time. But Mm-mm. you know what? His last one was a decision, but the one before that, he won by arm triangle. When uh. he lost to Ricky Simone, who um, is also fighting on this card, it was a, a unanimous. Nobody finishes him. When he fought Russell Doan, yeah. he got an arm triangle. When he fought Luke Sanders, he got a heel hook. When he fought Henry Briones, yeah, 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 yeah. he got yeah, a Yeah, no, I was a Yaya fan, so all right, okay. I'm I'll taking watch. him. I'm, I think yep. he's going to beat Montel, so I'm going to take Yaya. Yep, yep. I know John isn't picking this fight. Is Ma- Montel, no, I am. This is Montel's relevant. Montel's a top 30 uh, okay. fighter. So, and, and yeah, as I, he would be if he fought more often. He's, he's not in the rankings, I'm sure, because he's inactivity. But Montel's going to run over him. I'm picking. This is an easy pick. Okay. I'm taking Yaya. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Eugene, too. Yeah. Sentimentality rules. Get, get your Yaya's out. Right. Yeah, you 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 mean you mean Eugene, the winner of the week, that guy, yes, that guy oh, of the, the Eugene week. that can count to five. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, so we get to wow, um, Christos Yagos. God, it's been a long time since we've seen that guy fight, right? Hasn't it, Christos Yagos? When was the last time you fought? Hmm. Yeah, it's been since. It's been almost a year. It's been since last June. I thought so. And he is fighting Ricky Glenn. Hmm. Yeah. Don't, don't care, care about this. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't care. John? Don't care. All right. Next up, Matt Simmelsberger taking on Jeremiah Wells at welterweight. We have 11 and 2, 11 2 and 1 guy against 11 4 and 11 and 4 guy. Um Simmelsberger has a big time heater. Yeah, I don't care. That's not, that's not enough. It's yeah, not enough. I, I, I don't care. So, John, do you? Outside relevancy. All right. Next up, uh, Yasmin Lucindo taking on Brogan Walker. Not relevant enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't care. Uh, John? No, don't care. All right. Next up, Bobby Green taking on Jared Gordon. We are fourth fight from the top. I care. Bobby Green, I think he beats Jared Gordon. He definitely has enough left in him to take out the Jared Gordons of the world. I won't say he'll it'll be a finish, but he will definitely put some schooling on him. So I'm taking Green. I'm going to take Green while I can because he said some stupid shit recently that like I'm purposefully ignoring. I'm purposefully I'm purposefully aggressively not remembering what it was. <laughs> I know. What I, I, re- I like, I read it and I had to stop reading cause I wanted to keep liking the guy, Yeah. And, but I, I knew it was going to go down a bad place. And so I, I'm just saying that to say that I'm going to pick him while I still can. And if somebody between now and the fight reminds me of what it was, I'm going to be sad about that, but I'm picking him for this fight. John. Uh, I, you know, I'm Bobby Green. He's ranked high enough to be relevant, but God, he's just—he's not won enough lately. He's just—he's like two and six or something. His last eight, he's just not. 
and Jared Gordon is not relevant. He's out. So I'm just not interested in the fight. Okay. Uh, next up, Brad Tavares versus Bruno Silva. I don't care about this fight. <laughs> talk, talk about Dark Star. Tavares, I haven't thought about that guy forever. So, I, no, I don't care. And he's been fighting, but they're just not fights worth remembering, you know? So yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not in it. John? UFC uh, fight card filler. Yeah. All right. Coleman event time. And this is a good good co-main event. Song Yadong taking on Ricky Simone. Ricky Simone is on an incredible tear right now. I mean to tell you, this guy is on a uh, four-fight win streak and let me read these to you. Jack Shore. He triangled Jack Shore. Jack Shore is on an incredible tear himself and he triangled Jack Shore. He beat Rafael Asuncel with a right hook to an uppercut. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He beat Brian Kelleher. He beat uh, Gaetano (laughs) Pirello. He beat Ray Borg. I mean, he beat Ronnie Yaya. Yep. Okay, for him. He also beat Montel Jackson. Those two are fighting on this card. Yep, yep. So I'm looking at um man, he beat Marob Devalishvili in 2018. Yeah. Yep. I am definitely, definitely taking Ricky Simone. Yep. I, not a not a question for me. Well, I, I do think Sidong has a shot. Yudong, I mean Song Yudong has a shot. He's he's dangerous. But the thing is this you can tell that uh that we're well past the Joe Silva era because Yudong is lost couple in a row and yet he's being booked against a guy in a, on, a, on a win streak mm-hmm. that never used to it used to be you lose you fight someone that lost you win you fight someone that wins i i the the, the matchmaking it doesn't have the terminant structure it used to the, the clear-cut structure to add under silva which always kind of infuriates me but it's still this is a highly relevant fight i give i give song a shot but i, I do think i favor simone i'm picking him okay all right we get to the main event. Boy, I, I like the main event. Curtis Blades versus Sergey Pavlovich. Blades has that wrestling, but he has a heater. He has a heater. So does Sergey Pavlovich. Pavlovich doesn't have the wrestling. He depends almost exclusively on his hands. Mm. Blades has a button. It has been found. I Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know which way to go on this, honestly, because what's going to nullify what? Is Sergey going to land on Blades before Blades gets first takedown? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm picking Sergey on this one. I'm, I'm going to let y'all. I, I'm still on the fence. I'm going to let y'all pick and, and explain, and maybe I'll I'll be able to glean something that'll help me. So anybody so you're have taking, anything? You're taking Sergey, huh? Yep. Okay. I'm I'm taking blades because I I mean uh Pavla hits hard, but I mean only three people have found that button mm-hmm. and two of them was the hardest hitter ever in the history of the heavyweight division. So it's 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 a you have to have a special talent to find the button on mm-hmm. blades and, and maybe Sergio has that, but I gotta be I'm not sure he's felt he's he's fought someone with the wrestling mass that blades brings. So I'm going to go with blades. Yeah. I keep looking at this right cross to ground strikes on Chris Dokhouse and yeah. the, the way that, you know, he was, he was going in on Tom Aspinall when Tom's knee blew out. So, and, and he had a lot to do with Tom's knee blowing out. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I yep. I look at the Junior Dos Santos fight that you know he he retired Junior Dos Santos mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. with a knee and punches and right before that Shamil Abdurahimov he you know beat the crap out of him. I just yeah I think I'm gonna have to go with with Blades. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna do it. So okay. John and I right. Blades and Eugene Pavlovich. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's going to wrap up our picks. Now we are going to go into some bonus content. And boy, have I got a doozy for y'all today. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. The Bloody Elbow Podcast Network is moving. That's right, we're moving from SoundCloud and YouTube to Substack. It will still be available through your current iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher subscriptions, but the main home of the Bloody Elbow Podcast Network will now be on Substack. While most of our audio content will remain free, we'll be asking listeners to please get a paid subscription to support the shows, which are now ad-free. Please give us your email and we'll send you notices and summaries of every new episode. Become a paid subscriber and get bonus segments only available to those who've pledged their support. Sign up at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com today.